Banks. Cody Banks. Agent Cody Banks. And Hillary named her daughter Banks. Cody basically takes that car for a spin. Hillary, Natalie, saves the freaking day. Yeah, she didn't need no man. Hey, Team Duff, it's Wit. Thanks so much for listening to Duff Enough, the ultimate Hillary Duff fan podcast. This show is a celebration of the life and career of actress, singer, mother, and all-around icon, Hillary Duff. And for this episode, I am joined by a fellow mega Hillary fan, Brandon Penny. Welcome to Duff Enough. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I am I am really overwhelmed and very excited. Yes. Well, you were one of the first people to like reach out to me on social media about being on. So I was like, okay, we're doing it. And I know you're a massive fan. And you actually you sent me a picture, I think, uh, with you and with you and Hillary. So you've met her. Yeah, I, I met her twice, actually. Um I was I was a design intern for uh, People magazine back in 2016, and um, this must have been like a Friday or something. We got an email um, saying that you know somebody would be in the office on Monday filming, and then later through the grapevine, I heard that it was younger. Thankfully, I found that out on Friday because I had the whole weekend to uh, mentally prepare. Right. <laughs> um, so that was that was a good thing. But yeah, come Monday, um, I got into the office much earlier than I normally would have because uh, they were filming really early. And to be honest, I just like I just wanted to, you know, meet her if I could and say hi before I started my workday so that I could actually focus and not be so distracted all day. But yeah, they were filming on my floor and I walked around uh, the office and poked my head into um just one of the conference rooms and, you know, introduced myself and said hi. And she's so, she was just so sweet. So sweet. She's everything you would expect her to be. She stood up and like offered to have, you know, someone take our photo. And I just told her, thank you, you know, and just thank you for being a good person. And yeah, that was that. And a couple weeks later, she was back in the office doing just a short segment for uh, something unrelated. Um, and I was, I happened to be watching the, the live stream on Facebook and I recognized the furniture they were sitting on. And I looked down the hall and I was like, Oh, this is like, this is here. And I thought, Brandon, like you can't like not go say hi again. Like how often does this happen? So after she was finished, like I went over and said hello again and she remembered who I was. And that time I got an autograph, which was exciting. But this, this was like a day or two before her, birthday and I mean it was really quick um but all in all it was it, it was just I mean like that's what dreams are made of you know she's just so kind and down to earth she's just everything that um you know that we we love about her well I'm so jealous and that is like that's, oh <laughs> I just like I'm just sitting here like smiling like oh my gosh but I am jealous obviously too but well shoot I mean that was definitely the like uh watered down <laughs> the like tame version my emotions were like all over the place I was texting my boyfriend and was like I just like I was just really all over the place oh. um but I tell it very calmly now <laughs> right well Besides that, like, what is your uh, your fandom experience been like? I just think I I had a gut instinct from I mean, like you know, Lizzie McGuire days and a little bit before them that she was just gonna um, she was just gonna go on to do big things and that she was someone that I could look up to. She felt like a friend, you know, 
And um, I just have all these like movie posters saved. And I mean, I live in New York City right now, but at home in Colorado in my uh, childhood bedroom, like I have, you know, the movie posters after I'd go see Cheaper by the Dozen, I'd stand at the box office and like ask if I could have the poster after, you know, the movie had gone. And, you know, just all the magazines and CDs, it just, I think at the end of the day, like, it's just feel good. Like, you find things that make that make you feel good. And like you gravitate towards them and that that was her her music and her her movies for me and just I don't know just kind of go along for that ride and like really grow up with someone like that yeah my room was basically Hilary Duff themed at one point so I'm surprised mine isn't now but (laughs) (laughs) right yeah it's weird for me to realize like people that I know or that I meet just associate me with Hillary Duff, honestly. Right. And it's, I find that, and I'm sure you obviously get this too, but like, you know, if any kind of Hillary news comes out, like people are like posting it on my wall or like texting it to me. And it's just a given. It's like, you're the first person that they, that they think of, which is really exciting and <laughs> flattering at the same time. That happens to me too, where people will text me stuff. And I do appreciate it and I love it. But also it's like, I knew that 10 minutes ago, but thank you. Yeah. How do you, how do you mitigate that? You know, I'm always just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And thinking like, I knew this like, okay, yeah. <laughs> long time ago. Right, right. It's just, yeah. that's very kind. Yeah. Well, it's great to hear a little bit about uh, your experience being a fan. And I do have three questions I want to ask you to kind of measure where you are uh, with your Hillary Duff favorites here so first question what is your favorite hillary duff movie oh i really really liked according to greta okay i mean i love it i love a good indie film but i also i really love movies that just like mean something you know obviously that was something so different than what she had done before or i mean even really after i was really impressed with her performance in um I think it was even, um, it wasn't that straight to DVD. Yeah, it kind of wound up being that way. Yeah. And I just remember going to grab it and just being really excited that like there was something new, you know? So yeah, uh, according to Greta, I think is probably my favorite. Although I, I think I've told you, I did go see um, uh, Haunting of Sharon Tate in theaters this summer. That's a whole nother level. And I'm, obviously very biased but it was really impressive okay all right i have not seen sharon tate but i do also remember like going to target and getting the according to greta dvd and it had been such a long wait yes and it was so like highly anticipated by the fans because it was so different um but yeah i love her in that and that's totally a fan favorite but it's not one everybody knows about but people should definitely check that one out oh yeah totally all right next question what is your favorite hillary duff song I'm going to have to say Holiday uh, from Best Of. I feel like it was in the Dignity era-ish, you know, shortly after. But I really like Holiday. Um, My favorite part is the bridge of that song. Her singles are obviously fantastic. Um, 54 Below did a Hillary Duff, or Broadway sings Hillary Duff. Did you go to that? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, I went and it was was a treat. Uh, They sang, you know, her popular singles, but... It's just crazy to hear it in such a different way. Yeah. I just want to say, though, Holiday, great choice. I mean, another like under the radar song of hers, but it's so good and way ahead of its time. Wait, like her whole catalog is just so ahead of its time. And I feel like because of that, it's at times 
underappreciated. It's underrated, but at the same time, I'm like, people who actually know it, they're like, oh, yeah, this is good. Oh, yeah. And those are the people that matter. Right. The fans. Team death. That's right. <laughs> and uh, last question here for a get to know you kind of thing. What is your favorite Lizzie McGuire episode? I think it's called the I've Got Rhythmic episode. I think it was like season one. Yes. Lizzie definitely, you know, isn't very coordinated and has her clumsy moments. But I love the episode where they were like, yeah, but she's got rhythm. She can she can twirl a baton and, you know, ribbon and all that. And I would have to assume that that was written in because Hillary herself is a bit of a gymnast and like, you know, had those moves in her arsenal, like did her own stunts and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think probably that one, I thought that was a really standout moment for for Lizzie, for sure, in a, in a lot of different ways. You know, she was definitely not very um, extroverted. And to see her, like, perform in, the, in that manner was was exciting. Great episode. And I totally had a hula hoop and pretended to be her, basically. So, and a ribbon. It's That's a lot harder than it uh, looks, yeah. for sure. Although I, I have never heard of, like, rhythmic gymnastics. I've never ever heard of that i mean uh, again ahead of its time yeah definitely (laughs) sit back relax and enjoy our silver screen queen it's time for block duffster so for today's episode we are going to be talking about agent cody banks and this movie i had honestly forgotten how much i liked it and i went back to my parents house and got my DVD copy. Okay, okay. <laughs> which I actually remembered I got as like a birthday present uh, that year, 2003. Uh, it was released in theaters on March 14th, 2003. And I actually didn't see it in theaters. So I didn't see it till I got the DVD for my birthday. I do remember seeing it in theaters. I guess what I remember most was like the uh, promotional, like not necessarily the like poster, but just the stills. Well, I wrote down about the the tagline, which I love. It's like, save the world, get the girl, pass math. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Um, because it's very much like they promoted it as like a teen James Bond. Yes. Basically. I was thinking about how that time period, there were a lot of those teen spy movies. I mean, we had Spy Kids, Kim Possible. Yeah. Uh, so that was very much what was going on in pop culture for teen movies at that time. That's so true. And uh, this was released by MGM, and it was also Hillary's big screen debut, which is crazy. That's right. I was trying to think back to, like, Frankie guest starred on Lizzie. He did, yes. Yeah, so Frankie Muniz, of course, is the star of this, and Hillary's a supporting character, but at the same time, she has a really big role in this, and I didn't even realize how big. Frankie was in the middle of his Malcolm in the Middle success at this time and fame and Hillary of course was coming off Lizzie McGuire or really she was in the middle of that fame too so it was kind of a great match to have them as the leading characters and you know I said teen James Bond Hillary was essentially the the Bond girl but maybe even more so because her character is so important to like the plot here but yeah this and this was right before Metamorphosis hadn't come out yet. No. And right before the Lizzie McGuire movie. It's it's just so crazy. I, I love going back and like watching something or listening to something and thinking like they didn't even know. Right. Like they didn't even know that like Metamorphosis was going to be what it was, that the Lizzie McGuire movie was going to have a cult following. Like she didn't even know. Oh, no. 
Of course, she and Frankie did date at that time. I wanted to mention that. So they had like a fling. It was like in between her Aaron Carter dating moments. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they had a thing. They had a thing. Agent Cody Banks, it did get mixed reviews. It's a teen flick. I don't know. You know, that doesn't really even matter to me, honestly. And it had a number two box office debut behind Bringing Down the House, starring uh, Steve Martin and Queen Latifah. So that was pretty good. 58 uh, point eight million dollars at the worldwide box office, so almost fifty nine million, and uh, made like three times its budget, I believe. So wow. it was a success. It was a big hit. Interesting to note: executive producers on this movie, Madonna and Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. Like what? Wow. And I had to look it up. I know, but like Madonna's production company did this movie, so that's why. I mean, you know, executive producer, but sure. but like still that. That was wild to me. And I know, like, Madonna has been a supporter of Hillary through the years. Like, she said things and, you know, Material Girls later on and all that. Right, right. Yeah. It was so successful that they had a sequel the following year, 2004, Agent Cody Banks, Destination London. Hillary wasn't in it. I did see that, like, one time, I want to say. Not in theaters, just, like, a DVD copy at some point. Yeah, I I didn't really care for it. Obviously, like, Hillary wasn't in it and just didn't really love it. But again, that just shows the success of the first movie that they made a sequel that also went to theaters. So jumping in here and talking about the cast, of course, we have Frankie Muniz as Cody Banks. Hillary, she plays Natalie Connors. And then we have Angie Harmon as Veronica. And she was known at that time for Law and Order. She went on to star uh, in a show more recently, Rizzoli and Isles, which is really popular. Um, Keith David, huge movie star. Uh, he plays the the CIA director in this. Ian McShane as the villain, Dr. Brinkman. I'm probably just going to call him the bad guy during this yeah. episode. <laughs> Martin Donovan plays Dr. Connors. So he plays Hillary's dad. Daniel Roebuck is Mr. Banks, so uh, Cody's dad. And if anyone grew up, where do you know him from? Yeah. Well, okay. I would say like our generation knows him from the decom Quince with Kimberly J. Brown. I was, I was like, as as I was watching that, I, you know, like, of course I looked him up on IMDb, but I just may, I guess I didn't go far back enough, but I, he has just got such a recognizable face and that makes so much sense. Thank you. Right, yeah. But also, <laughs> I feel like if anyone grew up watching the show Matlock with their grandparents, he was also on that show, and I grew up watching that with my grandparents, so. Yeah. Cynthia Stevenson is Cody's mom, and I remembered her from the Airbud movies. She also plays the mom in most of those movies. And then the little brother, Connor Widows, and also Daryl Hammond is in this. He's an SNL alum, and he plays, like, the gadget guy. Jumping into the story of Agent Cody Banks, so this is a film about a kid who went through a summer camp program that the CIA put on for teenagers. Cody's our main character, and he went to that camp. And at the beginning of the movie, we see that he's just like a normal kid, and he's got chores. We see that he doesn't really want to do them, so very relatable. Our first little inkling that he might have a little bit of secret agent training here, start of the movie... A kid gets left in the car while his mom is, like, walking across the street to the mailbox. Yes. And the kid crawls up into the front seat, messes with the gear shift, and the car starts, you know, going backwards down this hill. Cody is actually going by on a skateboard, and the mom, of course, is, like, freaking out and chasing after the car. Well, Cody goes into rescue mode here, and as this car is just traveling through traffic, Cody manages to, like, climb on top of it and 
you stick his hand through like the rooftop window and you know stop the car and save the kid but yeah and then he just kind of like sneaks off and it's very much superhero kind of situation there and it's like okay so this guy this guy's a secret agent has some secret agent training or something so that's our introduction to Cody then we meet Dr. Connors and we are seeing you know this science lab and we see the bad guys and so the nanobots that's his creation and they're meant to eat oil that gets spilled into the ocean but the bad guys you know they have like their own agenda for the nanobots and they're called the ERIS and so yeah we we see what's uh we see the villains and we see uh what's going down here as far as what mission will be set up for Cody jump over to the CIA for a second because they are worried about these nanobots too because they think that they could be used to destroy military weapons ooh And uh, their mission is going to be to use Cody uh, to get close to Dr. Connor's daughter. And apparently he's like been a recluse since his wife died. And his only contact is his daughter, Natalie, played by our girl, Hilary Duff. And uh, yeah, the CIA wants to use Cody to get close to Natalie. And I thought it was funny how they note that Cody is like a ladies man or that's what they uh, found in his records. And, like, we immediately cut to a shot where he's talking to a girl at his school, and it's just not going well. Yeah, no, it's, um, they were misinformed. Yeah. And we we learned that he, like, lied on his um, papers or whatever. So at Cody's school, he's, like, kind of bullied, and in the locker room, Veronica shows up, and she's with the CIA. And we gotta talk about her entrance, okay? I mean, they went full-on, like, cleavage, like... That was giving me very, like, oops, I did it again vibes, it for was. sure. Uh-huh. I mean, all I was missing was was the song, but, like, yeah, they really, they, they played it up in, like, adolescent boys' locker room. She just waltzes in there, like, like nothing. Mm-hmm. And did you notice the song that was playing Hot in Here by Nelly? Right. Racy. And, like, the kids in the locker were, like, flirting with her, and it was just, I don't know. That was pushing the PG rating there, for sure. Oh, yeah. I love the introduction between her and Cody, though, uh, because he's like, who are you? And then we get this code talk between them, which was so funny for me. She goes, Mary had a little lamb. And then it's just, like, light bulb in his head, and he says, Peter Piper picked it, you know, all that. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Uh uh And then she's like, bubblegum, bubblegum in a dish. So, anyway, it just, it goes to show you, like, very teen um, kid-focused, you know, they knew their audience. And I love how she, like, claps back at all the guys that are, like, you know, basically catcalling her in the the locker room. And that's another scene that, honestly, it probably wouldn't happen today. Oh, no, no. It's just very straight, straightforward. She takes Cody to the CIA, and he is super excited and super confident until he finds out what his mission is going to be. His first task is to actually uh, get invited to Natalie's birthday party. And they're going to they're gonna put him in her school, and he's going to be in all her classes. And uh, he actually, he tells his parents that he got a scholarship, scholarship. yeah, to a prep school. <laughs> What, so. a prep middle school? Yeah. Okay. And like Veronica shows up at their house pretending to be the like school administrator. I was just like, oh my oh, gosh. 
So good. Oh, the best part of that I loved when they're like, do you have any paperwork? And she like, she hands them a pamphlet and it's just like a photo, you know, some stock photo of some school. And I was like, yeah, that would definitely sell my parents. Mm -hmm. Here's a beautiful photo of a school, but no, like no identification or like records. Okay. Right. Yep. (laughs) Moving on to the part where we actually see Hillary coming in here. He goes to the school, he sees Natalie, and there's like this whole like sequence with music playing and it's kind of slow motion. And I wanted to mention that like, I love the fact that in this movie, you know, Hillary is the popular pretty girl. She's still a nice girl. Still nice. Yes. But in a lot of her bigger movies, you know, she's made out to be kind of the dorky, not pretty girl, which is just not the case. I mean, no. you know, Cinderella story, Lucy McGuire, like... Hillary would be the most popular girl in school. Yes. You know, easy. So I thought that that was nice and definitely not something I thought about as a kid. I mean, it was just nice to see um, her portrayed as like all of those things. Like, yeah, you can be the popular and the pretty and the nice. Like, you can be all those things. And I feel like on uh, television, even still today, a lot of the times that is not the case. You don't get to be all three. At first, she is, she's not really mean, but she is kind of dismissive of Cody. She's like, what? And there's a line here, which is like, which would definitely not work today. Uh, And I want to lead up to it. The first interaction between Cody and Natalie goes down a little like this. So she's holding some books and he's like, are those books? And she's like, yeah, you you came to the right place. Because he says he loves books. And she's like, well, you came to the right place. Obviously, it's a school. So it's just not going well. And the CIA had told him that Natalie likes T.S. Eliot. And so he's like, I love T.S. Eliot. And he refers to T.S. Eliot as a she. And then Natalie's like, T.S. Eliot is a man. And then we get the question that I'm talking about here where she's like, are you in special ed? And I was just like, oh, oh, no. And so that was that was a line where I was like, oh, well, that wouldn't be working now. She wasn't the first one to say that in the film. didn't? Oh, yeah. No, another girl did. You're right. Yep. When he was trying to flirt with someone and it wasn't happening, she asked the same thing. And I was like, okay. Well, I read on IMDb that actually in the DVD copy of the movie, they did put a little sleeve or something inside that apologized for it. I didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't see that in my DVD. Um, But if it was in there as a kid, it was just taken out at some point. That is fascinating. Yeah. So it was even something that they realized back in 2003. So. I mean, good good on them. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Next is the driver's ed scene. And this scene, so good. Great. Yeah. And uh, so we have the teacher, Mr. Yip. It's Natalie and Cody. They're in the same classes. So they are partners in driver's ed. Flashback to driver's ed classes in high school, for sure, here. Natalie completely fails, and she hits all the cones in the parking lot, and she just, she's terrible. Cody, when he gets in the driver's seat, he actually burns off the brake pedal, for uh, Mr. Yip, because you know when you're in the driver's ed car, like in high school, or you had the pedals, but also the teacher had a brake pedal. That's what he did? Yes. I did not. I mean, I, I remember him, you know, soldering something down there, but I was like, I didn't catch on. I didn't realize that's what was, oh. He had a little gadget and burned that off, so, yeah. Sneaky. Cody basically takes that car for a spin. I mean, he just, like, pedal to the metal. That is putting it lightly yeah. for a spin. yeah. I don't know what that thing was that he drove up against, but the car ends up, you know, driving on its side, basically, at one point. It was it was wild. And here's something I noticed. While they were, like, driving around like that, Natalie 
she's smiling and she really likes it. But when the car stops and her friends run over, she acts like she doesn't like it. And she's like, I don't feel so good, you know? And it's just like, oh, come on, Natalie. Like, don't just, don't give in to peer pressure and act differently. So Natalie runs off and Cody, like, kind of feels bad. Um, Mr. Yip actually, like, throws up after he gets out of this car situation with Cody, which, ugh, so gross. Like, he has, like, the vomit on his chin and on his shirt and i was just like yeah they do not they did not shy away from that yeah gross the cia actually does pull him aside to make him give cody or to make him pass cody so that he can get his license so i thought that was funny i mean if if only we all had the cia to pull our driving instructors aside to be like you know excuse this yeah but that scene definitely took me back to driver's ed took me back to my driving test all that stuff so in the next part the cia they want cody to ask natalie out on a date and you know he's saying oh but i have my homework he's making excuses i have my chores and then they're like we'll do your homework we'll do your chores um okay now that's when i need the cia still today like i i get home and i'm like oh I gotta, I gotta put my laundry away. Listen, I hate laundry. Well, grocery shopping is my least favorite thing, but yes. My least favorite is probably, I think, at the after the clothes are clean. I have a washer dryer in my apartment now, but before I didn't. And I, I'm totally fine, like, walking it there, you know, putting in the wash, and then putting it in the dryer and walking it back. But the moment, like, it's done, I... I just, this wave of like exhaustion comes over me and nothing can bring me back. If anything the CIA can do for me, it is that. Yeah, I'm going to sound super lazy, but like sometimes I will go a couple of days with just grabbing my laundry, like one thing at a time when I need it out of the dryer, just being too lazy to take everything out. So, you know, that's, that's what the, what is that, that. The fluff cycle, the wrinkle release. That's what I'm thinking of, the wrinkle release cycle. Just a quick, quick three minutes and you're good. So the CIA does do all his homework and his chores. And then he has to use his house phone to call Natalie. She answers, he panics, and he hangs up. And at that point, the CIA knows, okay, this guy, not a ladies man at all. Yeah, not good. There is this really weird sequence following that where they bring in people to try and teach Cody about girls. This was so strange to me. They had these different people. It was weird. I was V uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, same, yes, same. Especially sure. like the little diagram model thing. Oh, I was like, what the heck is yeah. happening? No, no. Things pick up a little bit, though, between Natalie and Cody here in a second. So back at school, Natalie is on a ladder and she's trying to hang a homecoming banner. And she falls, but Cody runs over and saves her. And he actually just kind of picks up the banner and she slides down the banner. She does hurt her ankle or something. Yes. So Cody winds up going to the nurse's office with Natalie. And that's when they kind of hit it off. Like she kind of starts to see that maybe he's not so weird. Or she says something about like he makes a bad first impression and a second impression. But the third time, not so bad. And then she invites him to her birthday party, which is exactly what he wanted. It was going to be Las Vegas themed, which I loved. I do want to mention that Veronica actually comes back in to the nurse's office pretending to be the nurse just to kind of push things along. Cody had already like landed the invite by the time she got there. Less so push, uh, more shove things along for sure. (laughs) They're all like done and fine. And so that that is an awkward moment for um, for everyone involved. She had that whole outfit, though. Like, she had a little hat, a little nurse's hat, you know. And how fast did that happen? Like, 
what she she tackles the nurse in the hallway and like three seconds later walks in the door and she, her hair is like oh, perfect and whatnot i love movie magic yeah movie magic for sure cut to the party he gets a cool car to drive to the birthday party and uh when he gets to the gate the security you know asks for identification or whatever and he's like banks Cody Banks. Reference to James Bond, of course. So they had to throw it in there. Yes. Once he's inside the party, he gives Natalie a present and it's a necklace and it actually has a tracking device on it. And that's when she has the curls and like the black dress and she's looking yes. really nice. So that really kind of drove me crazy when he like presents her with the necklace and she's like, put it on. And he like, they're facing each other and he tries to do it that way. And I'm thinking like, no, <laughs> Hillary, turn around yeah let's do this right but also just a sign of the like awkwardness between between the two and yeah very very sweet also their their relationship was not far enough along for him to be giving her a necklace but bold move cody banks (laughs) bold that's the setup of the party but then cody goes all secret agent And Natalie's dad shows up with the bad guy and the henchman, and they're in his lab in the house, and he's demonstrating those nanobots, and uh, the bad guys at this point, like, tell Dr. Connors what the real plan is, and they're gonna, you know, destroy U.S. military missiles with these things, and Dr. Connors is saying, like, no, that wasn't part of the deal and whatnot, but they're gonna, you know, make him do it or whatever. So we're back to the, the secret agent of it all at this point basically for the rest of the film i feel like from here on out it's very like yeah james bond mission impossible yeah for sure like the first part is more him in school and then yeah you're definitely right cody is you know going through the vents and like spying on them and he even steals a sample of the nanobots when they like walk away but he sets off the alarm thankfully he escapes but he gets he blows his cover because those bullies come after him at the party um, some bullies come after him, and he fights them off. It impresses Natalie, but also the the bad guys notice, and they pick up on the fact that he's from the CIA because he's so, like, well-trained, I guess. And so so then they pull him off the mission. Yeah, because he makes the newspaper. Well, I noticed it was the school newspaper or something. Oh. But still. Okay, okay yeah, but still. But that was enough to make the CIA take him off the mission. So I mean, nowadays, that's, that sort of thing would have been all over Twitter and gone viral. And Yeah. So he's off the mission. He also has to stay away from Natalie, which at this point, he like has feelings for her. So it's just not what he wants to do. And Natalie has feelings for him, too. She shows up at his house. And I love this part because she walks in and Cody's family is in shock. And his dad goes... That was a girl. And then the little brother goes, a hot girl. Yes. Yeah, it was very, just like family comedy friendly moment for sure. Cody actually sneaks her out of the house, out of the back of the house, because he's worried that, you know, the CIA is watching and that sort of thing. And they go for an ice cream date, which, okay. And they have a pistachio ice cream because that is Natalie's favorite. And uh, Cody was informed of that by the CIA. So he, you know, he has it too. And she's like, oh, we like the same ice cream. While they're on this date, the henchman shows up at the restaurant, though, and he's pretending to be their waiter, and he, like, brings them their food. Okay, now this part made me laugh so hard. Like, full-on action scene breaks out at this point. But they're running away from him. The waitress trips the henchman, and she, like, does this thing where she's like, yes! And that, I loved that. It was so random, but it was funny. She got her uh, five seconds, her 15 seconds of fame. Yeah, she had her moment. 
Natalie is very confused as to what's going on, and Cody's like, your dad got involved with some nasty people, and the bad guys, they take Natalie. Also, I love Hillary fighting back, trying not to get in that car. I was like, yes, girl, you you fight. <laughs> she fights hard, and then I love, you just hear, like, the screaming and the door close. <laughs> yeah, and she had some pink uh, tennis shoes there that she was rocking, so. You gotta get places in style. Yeah. Unfortunately, Cody gets uh, knocked out in the kitchen of the restaurant, and then he wakes up, and the CIA has, you know, taken him back home, and he gets grounded for being out so late and all this stuff. But he is now, he's now ready to go save Natalie. His GPS device or whatever tells him where Natalie is, and she's like on some sort of, I don't know, facility palace in the snow mountains or something. Okay, two things. I thought... When they got separated, it took me a second, but then I was like, the necklace, the tracking device. Right. And then also, um, the movie takes place in Seattle, correct? Yes. Yeah. So I... I was just like, okay, where are we now? Where we we so far away? Well, he had to fly somewhere, and he like sneaks into the CIA and gets them to take him, you know, on a plane or whatever. So just a great setting for like a spy movie and action at the end. Oh yeah, and at the end with just all of the fire and explosions. That yeah, you got to be somewhere um, exotic ish. Great job to the location scouting people there. I love his snowboarding with a jetpack. That was great. He does get stuck in a tree and Veronica comes to help him and they're going to go rescue Natalie, saving Hillary Duff. Like, again, she was so important to this movie, even though, you know, not not the top billing, but she was really important. Oh, yeah. They get into the compound facility place or whatever, and they realize that the bad guys are going to use ice cubes to distribute the nanobots. So they've like frozen the nanobots. And Natalie is being held captive in a, a snow globe looking thing. It's not really a snow globe, but you know, it's it's a thing. Cody goes inside there to save her and she actually doesn't want to go with him until she knows what's going on. You can't blame her. Oh yeah, can you imagine? She, she was just on a pistachio date and gets gets kidnapped and she's like, no, tell me what's going on. Right. He runs in there and he like jumps over this couch and he's down on one knee in front of her hiding from the security camera. And uh, she's like, you're not going to propose to me, are you? And he says, he's like, no, I'm hiding from the camera. And I was just like, oh my gosh. But anyway, Cody tells her the truth. At first, she kind of thinks that he's used her this whole time, but she doesn't, she honestly doesn't seem that mad about it. I mean, I think she's still like so confused. <laughs> yeah. But it's a lot to take in. Oh, yeah. He says, that this was originally his mission, his assignment, but now he actually likes her, and it's just like, aw, and she kind of smiles, and uh, Veronica comes in, and great line from uh, Hillary here, and she's like, Cody, what is the school nurse doing here? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so I like that. They do get caught trying to escape, and uh, Cody, Cody gets away, though, and meanwhile, the bad guy takes Natalie, and he puts one of those ice cubes on her forehead to, like, melt it. Um, and he's doing that to, like, get her dad, Dr. Connors, who's also to there. To work faster. Yeah, to, like, program this remote or something. I didn't I didn't honestly catch all the details, but they're trying to do bad guy things. It was all happening very fast. Right. And the ice was melting. The ice was melting. That was so dramatic. It was. Oh, my gosh. I had to, like, pause and then rewind to just, like, because those were some serious close-up shots of... Um, <laughs> 
just Hillary's face and uh, you know the wa- the water melting on it. I was like, okay, yep. we're here. And at this point, she has on that great white jacket that I love. Yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It's like a ski jacket, but it was great. She looked great. But fashion. Skiing, but fashion. Right. But make it fashion. Cody reappears at this point, and he's like, I'm going to set off some bombs, which he does, and the place starts <laughs> blowing up. And Natalie gets away, and this is Hillary's moment right here in this whole movie. I mean, Hillary... Natalie saves the freaking day and she grabs the ice cube and she walks over to the bad guy and she shoves it into his mouth. And can we just like, we need to dissect this a little bit because her walk to the bad guy. Oh, it's very purposeful. Oh my gosh. Like the power that she was giving off right then. Like Hillary. Ah, this is why I love her. Yeah. She didn't need no man. No. She can do it. Yes. She, her smile after she does that too. Like she is so happy that she just, you know, got this guy and uh, he starts like shriveling up. It's kind of gross. Um, but anyway. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He like melts, right? Basically. From what I remember about this, I mean, at the end here is, you know, you've got that timer is going off, right? Right. Yeah. Cody like set a timer on a bomb to blow the whole place up. Yes. And I love, and I mean, it did not disappoint here, but I love in movies when you've got, okay, you've got a timer set for like five minutes, right? Because time's running out. And then like 15 minutes later, you've still got three minutes left. And then, you know, 30 minutes later, you got like a minute left. And it's like, who's keeping track of time here? But still, movie magic, suspension of disbelief. Right. Got it. Exactly, exactly. But it was it was a nice little action packed ending. Like you've got the fire, you've got you've got the broken glass. I mean, you've got everyone's safety at stake there. Oh yeah. Well, Cody and Natalie get on a jet ski and they do break through this like glass wall, which I was like, okay, yes, stunt. Let's do it. They end up on a helicopter, but the doors are jammed, and then Cody has to use the little ice nanobots to, like, erode the doors. The henchman guy shows back up and, like, fights Cody at the very end. But, of course, there is a happy ending, and, like, Cody jumps onto the side of the helicopter, and they fly off as the place is blowing up behind them. And it was epic. That last shot is just... It's just a really cinematic moment there. Truly. Truly. Yeah. I love how everything kind of wraps up here at the end, too. And, you know, originally at the start of the movie, Veronica told Cody that she was his handler, not his partner. And we didn't mention that. But Cody's like, I know you're my handler. And then she says, partner. And I was just like, oh, yes, he proved himself. He did. He did. And the CIA director, he's like, anything you need, Cody, we got you. And so the one thing that he... uh asks for is for natalie to get her driver's license right so then we see hillary like driving on the freeway and it's just like not going so well (laughs) we end with a kiss so give the people what they want yeah so uh hillary and frankie had a little on-screen kiss it was very tame very tame but yeah and that's the end of agent cody banks overall i really enjoyed it like i said i forgot how much i liked this movie it's a good one yeah it didn't dawn on me until like midway through and there is no way that this is actually true but agent cody banks and hillary named her daughter banks i just thought that's just a little coincidence a fun little nod but certainly not um where it came from but i just thought that was sweet I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot to mention that. But yeah, when she announced the name of her of her little girl, I think all the fans thought about that for sure. I remember um, when we found out she was having a girl, people were like, if she doesn't name her Lizzie, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then 
I mean, Banks is just such a cutie pie. The cutest, the sweetest. Uh, Can't even. Yeah. Two segments here to wrap up things today, Brandon. And the first one is a remember when. And so do you remember when Hillary was on MTV Punked? Oh my gosh. Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Ashton Kutcher. Uh, BJ Novak was her driving instructor. Can you believe that? Okay. I, I really don't have much sense of like time. This obviously was before The Office, but I don't know. I don't know what BJ had done at that point. So I... I suppose Hillary didn't recognize him or know that he was someone of of notoriety, but like... Yeah, so so I looked it up, and this was actually the first episode of season two of the show, and it premiered on October 23rd, 2003, so way before The Office and before BJ Novak was a star on that show. Wait, also 2003? Yes, also 2003. So this was right before Ashton and Hillary starred in Cheaper by the Dozen together. I rewatched this punked episode and very cringy. I mean, even the beginning where Ashton is like, you know, we're talking about how things wouldn't fly these days. He says that Hillary is one of those girls who everyone is waiting to turn 18. And I was like, oh, Oh, no, no. no. Um, Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, I remember um, she was so sweet the whole time, Hillary. I mean, she was just there to, like, get her driver's license to learn how to drive. And BJ's like, take off your rings. Like, those are a distraction. Like, um, you have to stop at the stop sign for three seconds, but, like, roll through it. And And Hillary's like, what? No. Yeah, well, okay. And so just to set it up even, you know, Hillary, she would have been 16 by the time this episode came out. But the way that they were, the way that it was um, presented was that she was still 15 at the time they filmed this. And she was just taking a driver's, like, practice test. Like, she wasn't taking the actual driver's license test. She was just practicing. So she was, like, a student driver. You were, you were mentioning all the things that he had her do. But, like, he stops her and, like, makes her take off her ring, like you said. And they're staying at that stop sign and putting it in park. And the car behind them starts honking. And... BJ like takes a bat and hits their car and he gets in a fight with the other driver at one point and then the passenger or whatever like tells Hillary to get out of the car and Hillary leaves her purse in there which I was like Hillary yeah and he steals the car so anyway it's kind of a mess and then Ashton Kutcher shows up and she's like you know beating up on him because they work together at this point and she would have known him and so it was fun and it was cute and I'm always skeptical of those like prank shows and stuff, but punked, you know, it was it was a big show. It was a big deal. Yeah. And they, it looked real. She acted well if it if it wasn't. So Yeah. As I as I'm watching that, like I started to wonder, like, does she know what's going on? But you know, you see the cam or like the camera's hidden in the dashboard and like she doesn't look at it once. Yeah. Hillary curses in this episode of Punked. And that was like when I was a kid, that was such a strange thing for me to hear out of her. She was just on Disney and that is that is a, a no no. I know. So that was something that I had remembered. Uh, and rewatching it, I was like, okay, well, this really wasn't that big of a deal. But at the time I was like, oh, Hillary, how could you? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so she went on to star with Ashton in Cheaper by the Dozen. And this is not your trivia question, but do you know the next time or the other time that she appeared with Ashton? I don't. I don't. You'll remember when I say it, but she guest starred on Two and a Half Men when he was on that show. (gasps) Oh my gosh. I love that scene where they're sitting at the restaurant and she's like all about her phone and Mm -hmm. she takes out her phone to like snap a selfie. (laughs) Yes. 
I always wonder what that's like, you know, when, when she went to start on two and a half men, if she was like, Hey, do you remember like, the, like, I just wonder if they talk about times that they had like worked together before. They might. Yeah. Would love to be a fly on the wall. Our last segment today is called Quizzy McGuire and it is our trivia segment. And so, yeah. Do you have a, a trivia question for me? Ooh, um, actually I do. Can you tell me on the cover of, which magazine oh no she posed with a former flame a former flame hmm uh this was february 2006 okay well it would have been joel madden at that time yes i'm not really thinking of one Mm. i'll give you a hint then um i mentioned earlier i i designed for a certain publication oh okay and that's Certain publication had, I guess, a sister magazine at the time that is has since folded. Okay. So was it like Teen People? Yes. Okay. I'm looking that up right now because I'm like... The cover was just her and Joel. It was the love issue. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a good one. It's one of my favorites. I remember seeing that and just thinking, again, like, just so pretty. Such pretty hair. I loved... Um, as as a designer, I was just really drawn to like the typography and, and the color and just the layout of it all. But um, Hillary dating Joel Madden, like there's just so opposites attract kind of thing. And so that really sticks out. I, you know, I was just always kind of like weird about their relationship, but that is a great cover. Yeah. Yes. Okay. My trivia question for you. Okay. I wanted something that was a little more challenging, I feel like, but do you know what Hillary's highest grossing box office uh, movie is? Oh. I can give you multiple choice if you want it. Let's, let's do multiple choice. Okay. So A, Agent Cody Banks. B, the Lizzie McGuire movie. C, Cheaper by the Dozen. Or D, a Cinderella story. Um, so my gut tells me Cheaper by the Dozen. And you are correct. Oh, Very good. Okay. It's on Fandango if you want to look up all her all her stats, but um. I sure will. Well, Brandon, this has been very fun. It's been great talking about Cody Banks and all this. And you are going to be back to talk about uh, some of her music soon. But thanks so much uh, for being on Deaf Enough. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And that's all for this episode of Duff Enough. Thanks again for listening. I hope you'll subscribe and stick around for more because this podcast is what dreams are made of. You can follow along on social media at Duff Enough Pod and check the description for my socials as well as show guests. And until next time, bye Team Duff. Bye.